AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Business of Sports. The cold hard truth about the Olympic journey is not really been financially incentivized in the same way that many other professional sports are. The business of basketball involves CBA, Global, our licensing arm, Think 450. All of those things will make up what that looks like. Money in sports is one of the reasons why I enjoy being on Monday Night Countdown. We talk about some of the more interesting aspects of business of sports. When you're talking sports, discipline is the bridge from being good to ultimately being great at whatever it is that you're trying to be or accomplish at your profession. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, welcome to the Business of Sports show where we explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Damian Sassauer. Yes, he is. And today, <laughs> our guest... <laughs> <laughs> I'm giggling. I'm sorry. Uh, you know him. He's probably one of the biggest rap stars ever. And he's a movie star. And he's also the founder of Big Three Basketball, which starts its fifth season. Uh, we're talking about Ice Cube, everybody. Hey! <laughs> Mr. Cube? Mr. Ice? Mr. Cube. Mr. <laughs> there Cube. he is. Uh, that is coming up straight ahead on the business of sports. But first, we got some topics to talk about. And they are some big ones. And probably dominating right now, the PGA Tour has suspended players participating in the Saudi Mac League, the LIV Golf Investment, uh, which <laughs> there's 17 players right now. And some of those players include Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, and Sergio Garcia. Uh, and Scar, uh, the PGA means business. Yeah, they are taking a hard line on anyone who's taking part in this Saudi Arabia-backed golf league. Uh, the PGA saying they will be suspended from PGA tournament play. They have really, you know, thrown down the gauntlet and 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 want to create this perception that this is a breakaway league and uh, it will not be tolerated and that these players are making this choice for financial-based reasons and uh, they cannot, therefore, be part of the PGA Tour uh, and participate in the membership benefits and the opportunities and the platform. And, and there is truth to the fact that there is a lot of money at play here, that there are financial-based reasons for, for players taking part in this new league. The reports show that Phil Mickelson is getting paid, I think, $200 million. Uh, Dustin Johnson, $150 million. That is more than double the total prize money he's earned so far on tour. Apparently, Tiger Woods turned down $1 billion to take part. Well, I mean, look, it, 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 there's a lot of money involved. I mean, Scarlet for sure. But I mean, for me, God, it does sound like a lot of fun. Have you heard about this format? I mean, first of all, yes, a lot of money. I mean, total prize purse of $25 million per event. But I mean, the first event, there's going to be, tw I mean, there are 12 teams. 
each team has a captain. Um, they select like via draft who they're going to have on their teams. It's three days, not four. It's a 48 man field with a shotgun start. I mean, it's, it's still a traditional sort of stroke play format, but it does sound like a lot of fun. It brings in a little bit of a match play shotgun start, all that good stuff. And by the way, two men who are not on the list as of yet, uh, Bryson Dishambo and Patrick Reed. The thing about it is <laughs> they're offering all this money to the players to come to the LIV right now. Dustin Johnson, I think, was offered $100 million plus all the prize money he wins. Mm -hmm. And what Johnson said was, look, I can't play forever. So, And basically, he wants to set his life up later on down the road. With a $100 million start, it's... For some of these players, it's hard to turn down. But listen to what uh, the PGA Tour wrote uh, and to the PGA players. Uh, it, it really is hard. They're saying these players, according to Commissioner Jay Monahan, these players have made their choice for their own financial-based reasons, but they can't demand the same PGA Tour membership benefits, considerations, opportunities, and platform as you so it like you said scar this this is a hard line that the pga is taking what's also interesting here is it's notable that the usga is not following this script the usga oversees the us open which will happen soon and it did say that those who are qualified to play in the U.S. Open will not be prevented from teeing it up because of their participation in the LIV event. So that's an interesting sidebar story in all of this. But um, I think one of the big issues that one of the big issues that people have with this LIV uh, golf league is just that Saudi Arabia is. Uh, trying to sports wash its global image, right? Because under the crown prince, um, Mohammed bin Salman, it's trying to diversify its economy beyond oil and, and detract, move away from its dismal human rights record. Well, look, I mean, from my perspective, it sounds like the era of free agency is beginning in professional mm -hmm. golf. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, look, I'm, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. You know, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the PGA and all that they do. And I, I mean, what else could they do? They have to take a hard line of the defections would, you know, there'd be more of them, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Well, prices aren't falling at this Walmart. <laughs> oh, good transition. Yeah, see, it, uh, Walmart Air, Rob Walton, looks like uh, he's the man that is going to buy the NFL Broncos. They have made the announcement that, yeah, this is this is going to happen. So they've they bought the team and it's According to uh, ESPN and others, this deal is worth $4.65 billion, Scar. Yeah, the highest price tag for any U.S. team since Josiah bought the Brooklyn Nets for $3.3 billion. Of course, we had Chelsea sold to Todd Bowley and friends for $5.3 billion not so long ago. But Sam Walton, along with his daughter and her husband, as well as Melody Hobson, who is the co-CEO of Ariel Investments, uh, will be taking ownership provided that the NFL Finance Committee and other team owners approve the deal um, of the Broncos, which has been something we've been waiting for for a couple of months now. Uh, it's notable here that Melody Hobson would be the first, I don't know if the first black person, because up until now, no black person has ever held a majority stake in, in any NFL team. I don't know if her investment changes that, because I don't know how much of a share she has. So these are all big question marks. But yeah, big price tag. And as you mentioned, 
uh, bar, it's very interesting that a company known for uh, its thriftiness or its ability to provide value is splashing so much money on this team. Well, I mean, uh, Scarlett Melody Hobson's also chair of Starbucks, and she's on the board for Bloomberg Philanthropies. But more importantly, she's married to George Lucas. So I yes. could see the Millennium Falcon making passes and flybys at the beginning of Denver Bronco games. It'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> I would like to see that. That's pretty good. By the way, if that name also sounds familiar, Melody Hobson, she was for a long time uh, with ABC. She was an analyst there and uh, offered some great advice. So That's right. You know, it's good for her and well, i like to see this happen folks so let's see uh how this goes now uh and if you are into collecting cards trading cards fanatics and tops they've announced a trading card agreement for college football and basketball scar yeah this is interesting i guess it's a logical next step after the rules on nil a uh, name image and likeness went into effect we're talking physical cards here and apparently Bar, because I know that you like your cards. Um, collegiate collections have been sold for years, but usually in the past, before NIL happened, uh, companies had to wait until athletes left school. So it was almost like a, you know, a greatest hits kind of collection. Yeah, and I think I think from a, a, a trading card perspective, I think they actually went down this path once before, but they had to airbrush out, you know, college uh, logos, you know. So <laughs> so so it's kind of interesting. But it sounds like the the majority of the Power Five conference schools are participating. That includes Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky. And look, I mean, Fanatics acquired Tops just in January in a deal worth an estimated five hundred million dollars. In March, they raised some uh, some debt financing uh, about one one and a half billion. That gives the company Fanatics. I'm talking here of Tops evaluation of $27 billion. So, you know, this is a real company. I mean, as they get deeper into the sports collectibles market, I mean, can you imagine what an autographed Patrick Ewing card from that Georgetown uh, champion? I mean, I mean, that would be just awesome. I have the 1974 edition of Topps Baseball Cards because this story made me look to see, okay, what's the greatest rookie card that I have in that collection? It's Dave Winfield. And I'm like, you know what? It's I can't sell it because I love it. But uh, see, I love stuff like that. So this is this is what this I spoke did. to you, didn't it? It did. It's like let me let me check out my uh, collection when I get home. But anyway, D- Dave Winfield lived in the building over next to me in Fort Lee, New Jersey. I grew up with him. Really? I did. I did indeed. I was a huge. You guys were Dave close Winfield to greatness. Fan. See, I, I wonder if you if you talk to him, see if you can sign my card. <laughs> Fairy dust. <laughs> uh, coming up next, hey, we got one of the biggest names ever and a friend of the show, and it was in a very appreciative Ice Cube. I, I only have to, you know who the man is. He's, a, but for our show, he's the founder of Big Three Professional Three on Three Basketball League. Ice Cube, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Yeah, yeah man. Thanks for having me. First of all, before I even continue on, and I want to thank you personally. Last time, Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just a show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
time you were on the show, we were talking about the Big Three League, and you were kind enough to send me a Big Three basketball. And when I got it, you know, after everybody was laughing at me because I was squealing, and then I took the basketball, and it is now in my case, in the bedroom, and even my 17-year-old said, you know what, Dad, I'm impressed. So I want to thank you personally for sending me that basketball. Bar is so excited about this. I think he's told this story five different times. <laughs> Each time, getting more excited. It's all good. <laughs> That's you know, what... uh, showing a little love, you know, nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, ain't nothing wrong with, uh, you know, making you cooler in your son's eyes, so... Oh, man. Well, I'm glad it all worked out. Thank you. Well, I, I got a long way to go with that, but thank you. I appreciate that. I could, I could use a little help with that. <laughs> I'll send you a ball, too. <laughs> so that's why I'm going to start this out. Mr. Cube, how you doing, man? Big three. Uh, it's the fifth season. My goodness. And uh, it starts uh, coming up uh, later on this month. Proud of you, man. It it really has taken off, and uh, it's fun to watch. Thank you. Um, you know, I started this, me and my partner, Jeff Quinton, in, uh, in 2015. End of 2015, we started to think about this idea, and we argued all 2016 about the rules and the league structure. And then we came out in 2017, you know, people, they were skeptical, uh, but they, you know, they checked it out and they end up liking the sport. You know, I knew they would because we got some of the best players in the world, you know, at the three-on-three level. And, you know, seeing them guys go at it, you know, as a fan, you know, it's something I look forward to. So so when I know it get my fan juices going, I know the public going to dig it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. With the NBA Finals taking place right now, I wonder if there's any through line from what happens on the court for NBA games to the beginning of the season for Big Three. I mean, is there any carryover or is there any kind of thematic um, consistency or are they two totally separate leagues and therefore um, you, you start new anew each time? Well, we, we decided to start the league in the summer after the NBA finals, because everybody has a hangover, you know, once the finals is over, everybody is looking for them games to come back on and to have something to do. And they got to wait, you know, all the way through the summer, especially if you're a football fan like me. So, you know, you got to hibernate during the summer and I'm like, why don't we have a competitive league going right after the finals uh, to get rid of this hangover that everybody gets. <laughs> And so the big three, you know, perfect. It's positioned perfect. It starts after the finals, June 18th. And and then it goes all the way to, you know, the first game of NFL. So for those three months, we own the summer. So I think it's very complimentary. You know, I don't know how much the NBA like us for. <laughs> Have they said anything to you? On the game. Uh I think they've been cordial, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think they're doing anything to help us succeed. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's a standalone league. 
Well, Ice, I'd like nothing more than to talk about Raider Nation, about Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, and all, all that good stuff. But I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna yeah. stick with the I'm gonna stick with the big three, man. I mean, some of these coaches, man, Rick Mahorn, the glove, Gary Payton, Dr. J, Charles Oakley. I mean, talk to me about their involvement with each of their teams. I mean, you know, what's the ask on them? I mean, are they are they involved? Are they passionate about it? I mean, what's your take? Totally passionate. You know, a lot of these guys uh, never got a head coaching look in the NBA. So to come to our league and to be head coaches, which is crazy to me, that, you know, you got people like the Iceman, Dr. J, uh, Gary Payton, uh, Lisa Leslie, uh, uh, Nancy Lieberman. You got these great coaches, and they've never been offered an NBA head coaching job. And so – it's great to see them at the head of a team, and they they definitely want to win. You know, I mean, as much as they're together, you know, the whole league is together the whole summer. You don't want to hear that smack talking. You know, you don't want Rick Barry don't want to hear smack talking from uh, Gary Payton. You know what I mean <laughs> about losing to him on the court. So everybody's very competitive, and uh, and I'm glad to have a league where we can you know, show the real talents of some of the best players that ever played the game. I never understood either why Dr. J never got a nod for coaching in the NBA. This is one of the greatest players ever to play in the association, and it never happened. And and thanks to you guys yeah, one of for the giving me a chance. Ambassadors. Yeah. One of the greatest ambassadors of the game, one of the great communicators. His team loves him. Our trophy is called the Julius Irvin Championship Trophy, named after him. He hasn't won it yet, but I'm pretty sure he'd like to. <laughs> and uh, it's good just to see Doc out there competing and not just waving at the fans, you know, at a, at a 76er game. But, but he's actually out there trying to win, competitive, yelling at the refs. Beautiful. <laughs> well, I mean, we got to talk about the players here. I mean, you've got guys like Rashard Lewis, Mario Chalmers. I mean, the first, if I'm not mistaken, the first overall pick in this year's draft was Glenn Rice Jr., son of the Glenn Rice, you know, the most, uh, the scoring leader for Michigan who won uh, the 88-89s Wolverines in the national championship. You know, yeah. I'm curious, what are your thoughts about this year? Like, which team should we be keeping an eye on? I mean, the trilogy have already won two of the four. I mean, who's the team to beat this year? Oh, uh, man, I, I think all the teams... You know, this is the first year where I couldn't say, okay, this team is probably going to make it to the playoffs. That team, it's it's all parity this year. Everybody's gotten that much better. You know, so, man, anybody could take it. I would I would keep my eye on the Alien because uh, they got uh, Desan Balut, who was the right. MVP of three-on-three fever game, and he brought some of the fever guys over. So we'll see how that game translates in the big three. You know, they play, you know, an amateur style of three on three. We play the professional style, but we'll see if it translates. So that's a team I'm I'm interested in. Uh, of course, the triplets are going to be strong with two-time MVP yep. Joe Johnson. Um, man, so I think everybody's done their thing. And what's great about what we're doing with uh, the blockchain you know, we used to call it an NFT, but now we call it a fee, which is a forever experience action token. Um, 
what's great is that these teams are now surrounded by big communities like, you know, Krause House. Uh, they're surrounded by, you know, Gary V. friends. Um, and so it's just amazing now to see these communities start to to get into it, you know, through the NFT blockchain space. So it's just been amazing this year we've been able to kind of be first in line and, and, and catch a niche with this technology. Do you see demand for that shifting at all with uh, the crash in cryptocurrencies and, and this sense that uh, the economy is turning a little bit south, maybe slowing down, uh, recession could be um, on the horizon? Not at all. You know, I think anybody who's, you know, kind of looked at the market for any period of time know that you had these ups and downs. But this is this is kind of a, a play. You know, it, it's really a long play. You know, by, by it being a, you know, a forever experience action token, you get these experiences, you know, you get to feel like an owner forever. So it's something that you can hold, something you can pass down. Uh, we expect and hope that these land in the hand of sports fans. Um, we're going to mint this Friday. And, you know, at the end of the day, we want people who can help grow the league over a long period of time. And we want people who are invested in the growth of the league. So, you know, as the league grow, you know, with their holding, of course, will go up in value. And so, you know, that to me is the overall win-win uh, for the big three and whoever, you know, acquires these tokens. I love the way you guys have broke it down to where it, it's, you know, with the NFTs. For $4,500, there's, there's an addition, and then you have a, a smaller addition involved. It, it's, and it gets, it gets people involved, and you hit the nail on the head. You want sports fans to enjoy this experience and then they'll take it to a whole brand new level with this without a doubt you know we think you know all boats rise with a rising tide and having these communities already invested they're already trash talking each other we're getting a <laughs> lot of talented people cross collaborating around the big three and so you know, nobody knows where this is going to go. You know, nobody can see into the future. But our vision is for this community to grow with the league, to promote the league, to use their talents to to do, you know, things for the league that we haven't even thought of yet. So it, it's, it's an exciting time. And look, this is only going to happen kind of once in a lifetime, to be to be honest, you know. The NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL is probably not going to do this. So if you want to be a team owner um, and you love sports, you love hoops, you got to roll with the big three. You know, it's a moment in time. All right, Cube, I got to ask you about the Raiders. I mean, Devontae Adams, Chandler yeah, Jones. <laughs> what is going on, baby? I mean, they've gone from 50 to 1 to 35 to 1. You know, some of these pickups are huge. What do you think their chances are this year? They better keep picking them up because <laughs> the AFC West is a monster of a division. Crazy. I mean, no you, know, doubt. you got, you know, I mean, the Broncos just, they, they went from, from worse 
they might be first in the division with their quarterback. The Chiefs is always tough. Uh, the the Chargers continue to irritate me. And so the Raiders, <laughs> they better be ready to play, man. You know, they don't want to – you know, you can look up and, and, and go 0 for 6 in your division if you're not – you ain't got your chin strap now, on. Now you sound so. like a Jet fan. Or a Lions fan, yeah, man. <laughs> Look, you know, it, it could happen this year in the AFC West if you're not playing right. So I hope the Raiders ready. Would you ever consider making a bid for an NFL team? If if one no. became available? No? No. Why? No, no, no. I don't want to be a team owner. I want to be a league owner. You know, with the big three, it's a it's a big endeavor for myself. And so this is something that I want to focus and concentrate on and let them other leagues, you know, I'll just be a fan. You know, I'm a fan of the NFL. I'm a fan of the NBA. So I want to stay a fan of those leagues because I got to watch over the big three. And so it just doesn't. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon, The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Appeal to me. I I don't want to lose my fan status. You can't be a fan of the big three as well? Well, yeah, I am a fan of the big three. Uh, but there's conflict but also, there, right? When you're... You know, a, a, a steward, I gotta, I gotta make sure it, it, it does what it's supposed to do for the players, coaches, fans, and now owners. So that's a big job. You know, I wouldn't want to cheat the big three by then now worrying about another team. Um, so, you know, I'm right here. You got to give some love to the Columbia Broadcasting System, CBS. They're back with you for another year. They're going to air 28 hours of live games across their network. 
and and they're going to stream live also uh, on Paramount Plus. CBS, they have been with you for a while. It's, I mean, that really is saying something. They believe in the big three. Yeah, it's been great. You know, CBS has been amazing. You know, broadcasting partners with the big three. They understand the league, um, and. You know, I, I see us doing great things together in the future. Um, you know, I, I think we're gonna have a great season. You know, we got we got some of the same people who worked on the season last year, so the continuity is there. And hey, they, you know, it's the biggest network in television, and so to be on on CBS in that slot on the weekend, it's just. Uh, you know, we couldn't ask them anything more as a young league. You know, how would you how would you differentiate your fan base, the big three fan base, from the NBA fan base or the NFL fan base? Where, where are the overlaps and where are the distinctions? Well, we're a lot younger than those leagues. To be honest, you know, uh, we have a a, a a younger demographic because when you when you talk about three on three. A lot of kids play that at school, you know. They don't have a room to play the five on fives when they when they get there. So they so most of them play three on three. So there's a affinity with the youngsters when it comes to the three on three game. And so, you know, we were surprised at the numbers when we, you know, first started out. We thought it was a nostalgic thing. You know, we thought fathers would be pointing out, you know, there goes you know, Allen Iverson, or there go this one or that one. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, we got the kids pointing out because of YouTube, Internet. We got the youngsters wanting to drag the adults to the game. And so that was a pleasant surprise, you know, for a league who have, you know, some former NBA players. And uh, so, you know, we – but, of course, you're a Hoops fan. You got to love the big three. It's faster. We play a more physical game. Uh, we got a four-point shot. Uh, our rules let you go one-on-one to uh, to solve a foul issue. You know, we're just doing things um, that make the game faster. You know, a big three game is over in about an hour, where an NBA game takes about two and a half, three hours. So we can get three games in. At the same time, you can see an NBA game. Well, as I know this is Bloomberg Business of Sports, but, I mean, we just can't not ask you a little bit more about your personal life. I mean, you, I mean, for everything from Friday, Barbershop, are we there yet? Um, you know, you released a new album, your 10th, I believe, you know, just a few years back. You know, what else are you working on now? What should we be looking for? Um, just dropped this record with uh, Snoop, Too Short, and E-40. We got a group called Mount Westmore, and... Um, we just dropped the album in the metaverse on uh, Gala Games Music. Um, and so, you know, we're still out there doing it. We, we just got off the road, you know, sold out shows. Uh, it's amazing to see us four, you know, we West Coast uh, pillars. So to see us four on stage, you know, people seeing it as a bucket list moment. So, oh, man. you know, we we uh, we keeping it moving, you know. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want no grass to grow under my feet. So Ice Cube, you are the man, and uh, I got to go out. And when when this comes out, man, I got to go out and get it. 
So, and I'm going to shock my kids again because they're going to be like, "Dad, you, you actually downloaded something instead of like, where's the CD?" It's like, "Yeah, I want to download this this time." Ice Cube. Yeah. That's how bad I am. I'm not going to lie. It, it's bad. I, I'm like, you know, it, I'm telling you that basketball. My 17 year old says, "Well, welcome to the 21st century, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, Ice Cube. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Ice Cube, you are great. Thank you. Uh, founder, Big Three, professional three-on-three basketball league. May you have much success and you have uh, a home anytime you want to come back and talk with us, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, if anybody want to get into that Big Three ownership, we dropping this Friday. We're going to drop uh, another, call it NFT. We call it a fee. Forever Experience Action Token, and uh, join the Big Three Ownership Discord to find out more information. But I appreciate y'all, man. Thanks for having me. I'll come back anytime. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take it easy. Take Take care care now. Thank you again. (laughs) Talking about Ice Cube, we talk to the man. man. Bye, Felicia. That's the man. (laughs) We spoke to Ice Cube. I'm sorry. Do we I, kept it oh, clean. We kept it clean. Yeah, yeah, we kept it clean. Until <laughs> I turned this mic off. <laughs> you know, I was just, listen. Man, I, I was going to ask if Debo stole his bicycle, man. I was that close. <laughs> man, I, I tell you, I, I was excited like this last year when we talked to Cube. And uh, the same excitement. And I, I'm just bluntly saying, yeah, I'm rooting in the press box. I'm glad that he's doing well with the three-on-three. This is the fifth season of this league, and and he's enjoying it. Good for him. The man's got a vision, um, whether it's as a fan of the NFL, um, Oakland specifically, yeah. or Vegas. Uh, yeah, or the NBA, or in this case, um, as the league owner of the Big Three. So I thought it was really interesting the way he said, you know, I, I want to stay a fan. I want to I want to enjoy the other sports, but this this I own and this I gotta I gotta keep my eye on. Scarlett, I agree completely. I mean, the fact that he kind of came clean and said, you know, I really don't have an interest in being an owner. I mean, who doesn't want to be an owner of a sports franchise? I know we say this with the Denver Broncos uh, probably being purchased by uh, the Walton Air. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, but look, he 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 is pretty passionate about the Big Three, clearly. And look, there's so many cool people involved. Like I said, these coaches, Gary Payton, Charles Oakley. I mean, the players, Glenn Rice Jr. I mean, All there's stars. so much there, and you know, that's his baby, and you know, it's it's good for. Him, man, I mean, it's awesome. Damn, we talked to Ice Cube. <laughs> That's Michael Barr's takeaway. <laughs> no, I, I, I really do. I, I, I love his uh, business acumen, and and he's running this league uh, very well, and good for him. Ice Cube, you the man. Yeah, and his he, list of accomplishments is, in, I mean, it just yeah. goes on and on. His bio is like four pages long. Yeah, but I mean, you know what's even interesting? This feet coin, this NFT, is not your typical NFT offering, right? Because you're getting ownership in these in these franchises effectively, and you get sort of, you know, little add-ons, little rights, like the ability to maybe go and get exclusive access to these games. I mean, it's that, that that's different than just paying money for a, a, a GIF image, or mm-hmm. is it a GIF or a GIF? I don't know. Um, which is what I take from Dogecoin and most of these other uh, offerings out there. In no crypto. board ape screen grab. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. My goal is to be the number one pick. That's something I've been dreaming of since a kid. It feels better to be number one than number five. I wear the number because of Mike. We have a chance to go for three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business of Sports, the number of the week. 
boy. Alcola presents the number of the week. <laughs> that's that's some old school stuff, man, if you like the NFL. Uh, <laughs> this is about the Tour de France. And uh, it, it's coming up uh, starting July 1st. Uh, it's going to stage one at uh, Copenhagen, Denmark. That's the, the marker of summer. The marker of summer. Now, what I want to know is, what was the first year it started? Ooh. And who would like to go first? Really? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I'll give it a try. I mean, look, you know, I, I, I'm not a Peloton guy. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I mean, but, you know, I'll give it a try. I mean, I would have to say, oh, God, 1915, maybe something like that. It had what to be what early, was it? One nine one five that you picked? Yeah. 1915, I think. I mean, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, I was thinking the 20s, but I don't have any real basis for thinking that. Um, so let's go with 1922. The 109th running oh, of the Tour de France. Don't let that number fool you now. Hold on. Oh, okay. The first Tour de France was 1903. Oh. Amazing. So Wow, wow. I guess so they wait, had taken some years off in there, you know, whatever. So so it's the 109th running coming up, but it first started in 1903. And French that, don't, The French don't do arithmetic that well, I yeah, guess. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Just kidding. Ooh, Lordy, is hot up in what here. <laughs> oh, get ready for lots of pushback. Ooh, Lord. A lot of people filling your, your tweet mailbox. The, the reverend is <laughs> preaching today. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, on that note, uh, Scarlett, uh, I'm sorry. you. Uh, yeah, I'm just you know. continuing the trend. It's yeah, okay. It's I'm, I'm very good at this. It's, yeah. At not winning. Number of the week. <laughs> Congratulations, Damien. You know, it's it's it's... It's peanuts compared to this, the joy of getting to share some time with you every day, Scarlett. Oh, cut that out. You know you happy you won. Exactly. Man. Go celebrate. <laughs> I'd be doing a happy dance all through. Mike Bloomberg would be looking at me like, this is what we hired? What the heck is he doing? Lynchy lords it over me every week, so feel free to do so as well. Scarlett, you could just Venmo me that, okay? <laughs> We love you, Lynchy. Sarah. Oh, man. This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, where we explore some of the big issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me at Twitter at Big Barr Sports. I'm at Scarlet Foo. And please send me some suggestions for number of the week that I can then, you know, suggest to uh, Michael Barr. And I'm Damien Sassauer, and please don't uh, come down on me on Twitter at D Sassauer for my uh, for, I, I love the French. Viva la France! First of all, don't send Scar any uh, <laughs> suggestions because that means I got to play the game. And I'm you, you want to talk about bad? I tried it one time, and let's just say I beg to have it edited out. Uh, <laughs> by the way, you can follow this show if you uh, download our podcast. By the way, our podcasts are every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. You can catch those. Or listen like you are right now because we are Bloomberg Radio. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. 
the movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast In Trust on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.